Did you know there's a difference between upsells and cross-sells? An upsell is when customers add something to the cart and you offer them an upgrade or a better version. So let's say it's coffee. They add a one-pound bag, and then you upsell them the two-pound bag. When they accept, the two-pound bag is added and the one-pound bag is removed from their cart. A cross-sell is when your customer adds something to the cart and you offer them a product to go along with it. So let's say it's that coffee again. Your offer might be coffee filters, and when they accept it, the filters get added along with the coffee. And of course, you could do them all together. So let's say your customer adds coffee to the cart, you offer them the two-pound bag, bam, they accept it, and then when they click checkout, you offer them the extra filters. And then finally, after the checkout, you could have a special offer that expires in five minutes with a big countdown timer in their face to get one more bag for 50% off. So how would you implement that money-making magic? Well, with Bold's product upsell app, the first ever upsell app on Shopify. It's been a game changer for stores. And recently, Bold made some major improvements to it that are taking it to the next level. This might just be the one app every store should have, assuming you have more than one product, of course. With the new upsell version 3.0, you can offer upsells and cross-sells before and after checkout with one click. And even better, if you have the free Bold Brain app, all these upsells can be automated. So if you're not offering some form of upsells on your store, you're leaving big heaping piles of money on the table. You can get started with Bold Apps product upsell today with a 60-day free trial by going to ethercycle.com bold. That's ethercycle.com bold. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You know the benefit of SEO. The higher you rank in search engines, the more visitors your store will have. And more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do that? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines. And it's trusted by thousands of Shopify stores. It leads the market in both innovation and usability. And it's no wonder. SEO Manager adds an entire suite of tools to help attract new customers by fully optimizing your store. So here's a few of my favorites. It scans your site for SEO issues, offers keyword suggestions, adds structured data support, analyzes missing pages and redirects, and it even integrates with Kit, Shopify's personal marketing assistant. And that's not all. It does a whole bunch of more stuff. All of these things will help you to be easily found in Google and other search engines. And best of all, it's easy to get started. You can launch SEO Manager on your store in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Plus, as a special offer to our listeners, you can get SEO Manager right now for 10% off forever. Sign up at seomanager.com unofficial. That's seomanager.com slash unofficial. Hello and welcome to the Unofficial Shopify Podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, recording from lovely Skokie, Illinois, in Old Orchard Mall, high atop in the professional building. And today we are talking about one of my favorite ways to help stores make more money, to help optimize conversion rates, to help reduce customer service questions. It is not a little bit surprising. It's not an app. It's not a tool. It's not a service. It is copywriting. This is an absolute fundamental that I see so many people missing because they go, oh, copywriting. Oh, that, that sounds like homework. Or, oh, copywriting. That sounds sleazy. It is not the case. Copywriting is unbelievably important. Um, and when I when it finally clicked, when I finally mastered it, that's when suddenly I was able to easily uh, get leads and get qualified leads. So I 
am a firm believer in the importance of copywriting. And I got lucky. I had a, a, a friend, a listener, uh, a colleague, a client, Andy Bedell from Keysmart. You've heard him on the show before. He said, there's another podcast host who talks about copywriting who I absolutely love, and you have to get him on your show. His name is David Garfinkel. He is the author of Breakthrough Copywriting, How to Generate Quick Cash with the Written Word. It's got a ton of great reviews, five stars, 55 reviews on Amazon. So there we we have thoroughly plugged that book. I'm going to pick it up right now. And the uh, But yes, he's going to join us today and talk to us with copywriting, how to get started if you've never done it so it isn't scary, how to fix it if it's not working, and how to improve it. That's what we're going to walk through. David, thank you for joining us. Oh, you're welcome, and thanks for the nice intro. Uh, wow. So, I, you know, I mean, it, it sounds like you're sort of a convert to my work, but that what's most exciting to me is you're a convert to copywriting. Your business turned around, you know, as as the 800-pound, I don't mean your weight, consultant, you know, in, in your industry. And I hear that story from successful people frequently, that once you have this skill, and you don't have to be the best in the world just to promote your own business or probably your own Shopify store. But once you have this skill, your whole world changes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, one thing, like, I would take apart other people's sales letters. And that was kind of how I started to figure it out. And then I read a whole bunch of books that some were just did not click at all and others did. And then one day it clicked where I went, oh my gosh, there's kind of like, there's a formula here and you could see, and then when I started seeing other people's sales letters and I understood the formula, then it got really interesting. Um, But all right, let's back up. Why is copywriting so hard, so scary for people? Well, because it looks so easy and, and really it's not that hard, but it's like trying to, you, you know, those, um, those glasses, those, the stereo glasses that they used to give you in the theater that, that have certain colors blocked out. It's like the, the red gla- blue. Yeah. I remember yeah. those as a kid. Yeah. It's like the glasses and this is all conceptual. This is a, a symbol here just in case anyone's going to try and take this literally don't we were given a set of glasses in school whether we dropped out of 10th grade or whether we got a phd or anything in between we were given a set of glasses in business in the military and there was a certain way of looking at writing and copywriting turns it on its head it turns it you need a new set of glasses or you need to take off the other glasses at least um, I'm my attempt is to to show people what this is and why it's maybe different. Even if we worked at an ad agency or we hired an ad agency, a lot of times the approach they take to writing is very different than copywriting. And and I wanna I wanna spell out those differences so everyone can feel more confident about copywriting. Okay, so I think the school point I think is really what. What breaks it? And I saw this in my my own experience. I I did way too much education. I went. I have a master's, and then I got a certificate in integrated marketing. And by the end of that, I could not write a coherent sentence to save my life because it's this very stilted. Can, can, can I interrupt you? Sure. Um, I I got a master's as well, and then I started a PhD program. And I remember they brought the woman who was the professor, who was the writing expert to talk to us and she starts out by saying if it doesn't have five sentences it's not a paragraph and i knew <laughs> i had to get the hell out of there because 
you know, if, if I learned to write that way, I was going to unlearn what I'd spent so much time learning myself and perfecting and, you know, getting good at, really good at. And, and so it, it wasn't worth the extra three letters after my name. It was worth it not to do it. Yeah, the, and that's, that was really step one to figuring out copywriting for me was unlearn all the stuff I thought meant business writing. And that was, it's totally different. It is a different style of writing. And then the second was I had to learn my, my authentic voice again. And I, I could see this when I, someone is inexperienced. They're like, their idea of copywriting is they're like, you should buy this. Here's the features. And there's just a ton of exclamation points. Often right. I will, when I get copy from a client, I'm like, all right, find, replace, exclamation point for period. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's say you're there where it's like, you know, I, I said that and there's some people just cringe going, oh, geez, my site has so many exclamation points. I did the same thing. I remember I hired a copy editor for the first time and she was like, uh, you're not you're not selling, you're not hawking tickets to the circus. So maybe let's dial down on the exclamation points there, big guy. Um, <laughs> so right. if we're in that position, we're new to copywriting, what do you need to know to make it effective? And it will define effective in e-commerce. Like all things, copywriting has a job. Our job here is is to get someone to add the item to cart. So what, and then obviously, and then to convert is the larger goal. But what right. what are the key things I got to know? Um, okay, so copywriting is writing copy. What is copy? Well, very simply, copy is the spoken language in written form. It copy is more like the way we talk, especially when we're excited about something. We're talking to a trusted friend, and we're interested in persuading them to do something, okay? So copy is also and only a series of words that convinces a prospect to take action. That means if it doesn't convince them to take action, it could be beautiful marketing content, blah, 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 it's not copy. It's gotta convince people to take action, in my definition. And copy is a message that reaches in, this, this one's a, a little deep, so don't worry about it if you don't know how to do this. Just see if you can open your mind to listen to this one. Copy is a message that reaches and moves the unconscious mind or the emotional mind and makes sense, makes sense to the conscious mind or the rational mind, okay? So that's, that's what copy is in a nutshell. That's, those are, that's a three-part definition. Now, let me also say what copy is not, because this is where the you know the the circus um, uh, carny kind of stuff comes in. Um, it's not a bunch of emotion provoking words that lead nowhere. Okay, that that's on the super aggressive side. On the slightly gun shy side, it's not just a bunch of helpful descriptions of your product if they don't move the reader along towards making a decision to take action. And it's not a bunch of big, broad, bold, empty, and the key word here is empty, claims which are not believable or even possible to deliver on. Okay, so let, let me give you a couple examples that might have come from a, a Shopify page um, just to, to put this in perspective. Okay, so here's copy. Try our amazing new wrinkle cream today, followed by a buy or add to cart button. Now, those words by themselves aren't going to work so well, but they will work great if there's something that leads up to it. And we can talk about that if you like. Um, but I use that example how these words are designed to get a prospect to take action. I'll read them again. Try 
our amazing new wrinkle cream today, followed by a buy button. Here's um, an example of, of language that's not copy. The next time you're thinking of doing something about your wrinkles, consider our amazing new wrinkle cream. Now, you might say, well, what's the difference, right? Um, it, here's the difference. You're not asking the prospect to do anything. You're saying the next time you're thinking of doing something, consider. That's Considering is not action. It's mental, um, I'll be polite here, mental ping pong. Okay. Um, and it's talking about the future. You know, the next time, somewhere later, other than now. But all sales happen in the present. They happen right now whenever right now is. So what copy does is it strives to get someone to that right now place. So the, the difference here, well, I like what you said earlier, is that it's when you're excited about talk, excited about something and you're telling a friend about it, and it's in the very, I, I envision as, you know, you got, you got your new toy and you're telling someone, oh my gosh, this is great. You got to try it. You, um, you got to so get it's, one. It's very, yeah. So it's this you got to get one. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's, it's very active. It's active voice versus, well, in the future, you may consider doing this like that's so passive as to right. just apply like, yeah, I should file that away in the back of my head and then do nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <clears throat> a, a lot of advertising is called awareness advertising. That's death to someone <clears throat> who's using their advertising alone to drive their sales, which a Shopify merchant is, which a consultant who uses direct marketing to get leads is, right? Um, you know, if you are, I don't know, general conglomerated industries, you know, fill in the blank of what you really think that might be, and you have a, a product that shows up on store shelves that maybe you have product placement in movies and TV shows, uh, that you have all kinds of different ways, then you can just... Of, of marketing, then you can just use your TV ads or your magazine ads to get people to know the name and associate a pleasant feeling with your product because you've got other tentacles on your octopus to bring people into your customer base. But you can't do that when you're completely depending on your marketing to do your selling, which is what direct marketing, direct response marketing, and ultimately copywriting are all about. So one of the errors that we're seeing happen here is people look at someone like Apple and they see these very polished, creative ads that say nothing. Like if you look at a lot of their advertising, literally, I mean, it, it says nothing or a car off of car ads is literally just a car driving around, you know, some curves. I love cars, man. I hate car advertising. But the, and the reason they can get away with that is because they have so many more touch points with the consumer. Yes. Versus if I am four-fifths of businesses, if I am a small business, I don't have all those touch points. People aren't going to just drive past my dealership billboard, hear my radio ads, see my ad on TV, see my magazine ad. does not work that way. So I need to have uh, an entirely different style of writing to achieve the same thing, which is sales. Is that what I'm hearing? That's right. That's exactly right. And okay. it's it's also... See, here's the thing. We sort of have these different um, buckets or compartments in our thinking. And if you're talking to a friend, oh, let's let's say you just saw um, a hit movie. I don't know. Have you seen a movie recently that you really liked? 
Uh, I couldn't tell you the last movie I, I enjoyed. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if if you go back in time, you can probably remember a movie. Maybe you, you're sitting down at a Starbucks or at a Panera Bread or at, um, I don't know, a locally owned sustainable coffee shop, wherever you might like to sit down with a friend, and you're telling me about the movie. You're not saying, you know, in three months after it comes out on Netflix, you should see it. You say, you need to see that movie now. That was so good. Right? I mean... If, if you're really excited about it, you might say something like that. And that's, while you don't want to go quite as over the top in, in copy, depending on what you're selling, um, that's, that's the same idea. So we already know how to do it, but we've been, we've ha- sort of had that compartment sealed off in our brain from actually using it for writing because that doesn't seem dignified and rational and, ah, and, and yes. you know. Everyone comes, well, that... You could feel it. They, the pushback is like, oh, it's, it, it really, it's there is the social contract burned into their brain is saying, if you write like that, it is impolite, right? And that's what stops people, right? And and yet, it's not like you're asking them to communicate in a way that they never communicate when you ask them to write copy. It's like you're asking them to communicate in a different situation, and you know, using a keyboard or a pen and paper that they would normally use when they're speaking. That's why I say copy is the spoken language in written form. And what's interesting about that is one of the ways I figured out copy was by dictating it, was by using text-to-speech. And that helped me develop that natural voice. Yeah, that's a very good technique. Yeah, it, 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 and now it's very easy to do because you don't, you know, every... Every device I own has some button somewhere where I can dictate to it and do text-to-speech. So what are these – okay. So I think a lot of the the mental stumbling blocks that stop people from producing effective copy early on um, is is around mindset. Once we have we – have def- we've gotten over those, those hurdles, those objections, and changed that mindset to it needs to be – it's not what you wrote in school. It's not to – it is how copy is going to be your a more natural voice, how you would talk to a friend when you are genuinely enthusiastic about something, you know, some pro, say a product you bought, a service you bought, and you are endorsing it. So we've got we have totally reframed it. I like that. What do I need to know anything else to make copy that converts? Is it as easy as I'm excited about my product, so I just have to dictate and 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 ramble for th- sixty seconds? Well, there, there is another thing that a lot of people miss. So let's, let's go back to school, as painful as that may be. So you're in fifth grade, and it's September, and your teacher says, Good morning, class. Today we're going to write a little essay called What I Did on My Summer Vacation. If your parents owned a resort, say, up around Lake Geneva or something, they had been... Um, secretly, covertly developing the copywriter mindset in you, 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 the kid, might write what you did on your summer vacation. Not what I did, but what you did. And talk about the things that that you, Kurt, did, but talk about it as though it was the reader. So I'm, re- so I'm taking my own experience and I'm rephrasing it. Um, Instead of saying, I, I, I did this, I'm rephrasing it as like, this is what you could do. Um, 
Yes. And that's one of the, you're right. That is one of the critical mistakes I see in bad copy is we call we call that IREA where it's just like I, 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 I. <laughs> That's good. Yes. Let me connect the dots here. So your teacher would give you an F for failing to know the difference between the first person and the second person between I and you, but the marketplace would give you an A because they would go, Oh yeah, I wish I had done that. You know, I'd really like to do that this fall when the, when the leaves are turning up in Lake Geneva, that'd be cool. Right. And so here's the principle underneath all of that. Um, The key thing to know is that copy is not about you. It's not about your product. It's not even about the benefits of your product. From a practical point of view, copy is a story about the benefits of your product in your prospect's life in a way that makes a meaningful difference to your prospect. Major key alert. <laughs> that, that's brilliant. That is the fundamental difference that people miss is that it has to be not only does it have to be entirely about the reader. We said you have to, when we talk about um, website user experience, we say you have need to assume that the every visitor to your website is an absolute narcissist. They do not care about you. They care about not just what you could do for them, but what you could do to better their lives, remove pain from their lives, improve their status. And that I, like that is the the brilliant breakthrough difference that people have to get get over. That's right. That's that's right. They don't care about you until they know what you can do for them and that you care about them. That's just the reality of life. It may not be the ideal that you have. Maybe in your ideal you have a world where everybody loves you because you're a good person. Okay, um, enjoy the fantasy. But in the marketplace, everybody loves your product because it will make their life better. And they love you because you sell them the product, but not because you're a good person. Yeah. Yes. So how do I, okay, that really, really solidifies it. How do I achieve that? How do I write that copy in that framework that's compelling for someone? Okay. Great question. Um, So for you to be able to write copy that way, your first job is not to learn copy, not to really get to know your product inside out. Your first job is to get to know your prospect, your target customer. You need to know what they're thinking, what they're doing, what bothers them, what else they've looked at that they're not satisfied with, other solutions or other products that compete with yours. And most important, you need to see through their eyes what your solution does differently that they would prefer. And hopefully, you need to get that understanding fine-tuned enough so they would take any amount of trouble and spend any amount of money to get what you're selling. So to get your copy to convert in the first place, you really need to be in tune with your prospect. Uh, there's, There's a lot to this. I've just summarized it, but even thinking about the question and the list I just gave you will give you a good start. So running through, yeah, running through those questions, like, um, that we take the similar questions, we'll reframe them um, and send those as surveys to mm-hmm. past customers. And then the answers that we get back, we look through those for uh, commonalities, for great phrases that people have used, because now we know how they're talking, our customers, how they're talking about our product. And then we'll use that and put those in headlines and product descriptions and ads um, to really... Uh, really make it significantly more relevant. And that has, in the past, been one of our best conversion rate optimization tools. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely it is. I mean, one of the key principles of copy was delivered in a book called the Robert Collier Letter Book by guess who, Robert Collier. And he said, enter the conversation already going on in your prospect's mind. Well, what you just described is a system for teasing out that conversation and then putting it into copy so that you can enter that conversation. Is there, that that makes a ton of sense, is there anything else I need to know here to get started making my own copy? Is there a framework I should follow? Uh, Let's say, so I've got, yeah, my mindset is now, all right, everything is focused on the customer and what, how we're going to improve their lives, what we're going to do for them. We then talk to our customer on the phone, we interview them or we survey them, and then we develop an understanding of those questions. All right, now how do I put it together? Well, the... um simplest uh, framework I've ever heard of. I mean, I have a a 17 and a half, I don't know why it's a half step framework uh, that a guy who who just interviewed me for his podcast sent me that he has, I have um, a nine step framework in in my product, high speed copywriting. There's lots and lots to know, but it could be boiled down, I think, to these four steps. And I got this from a guy, you mentioned Apple Computer, he was writing ads when Apple was still doing direct response ads. Most people don't know this, but initially they did. Um, and, and his name was Ted Cooper. He has a very simple framework, I guess, which is one, make a claim or a claim being a promise, a promise that this product is going to do X, Y, and Z for you. Right? Make a claim Two, prove it. Because people aren't going to believe you unless you can show them the reasons why they should and the reasons why what you're saying is true. Step three, ask for action. You know, give people a add to cart button. And four, leave everything else out. A lot of people put a lot of extraneous stuff in their copy. Um, one of the most important things to know about is the difference between process and results. So I like to give this example. Dale Carnegie wrote How to Win Friends and Influence People. Great book. I've read it several times. I have two copies of it. Um, So do about 20 million other people. And imagine, Kurt, that instead of that, he had called it How to Remember People's Birthdays and Curb Your Incessant Urge to Argue. Do you think he would have sold 20 million copies? Do you think he would have sold 20? I don't. Now... That's a really good example of process versus results in terms of your copy. The process is, well, it is things like remembering people's birthdays and just calming down when you feel like getting into a throwdown with somebody, Um, trying not to argue, trying to find a way to, uh, and, and there are, you know, dozens of other things he has in the book, but people don't want to know those things. They want to have more friends. They don't want to be lonely. They want to be influential. They want to influence people. Those are the results that you get when you do all of those things, right? So yes, yeah, so, they, yes. He's leading. He's saying, "Here's how to," and it it's the outcome that he's pitching you, right? And so people are more interested in outcomes than the process you're going to use. They're going to use the product's going to use to get there, and. You know, the problem is, especially if you are the inventor or the manufacturer of the product, uh, this may not be as true for people who have stores, but 
even if if you're sort of a geek and you get into all the you know gears and, and sprockets and and conveyors you know rubber bands and springs and stuff inside the product um you might be fascinated by that you might know that's the reason it works but that doesn't work in copy what works in copy mostly is the results now there's a place where you can have a very abbreviated fast-paced description of the process of those details and if you're selling to engineers or airline pilots or golfers or anyone else who's really into the nitty-gritty then yeah um, you're you're gonna have to adjust what I said to again what your market is interested in but for the most part they're not as nearly interested in it as you are well all right I've got this is a good framework for if I'm I'm going to rewrite my copy or I'm writing new copy. Let's say I've got an existing site and it does less than I would like, right? I know I have an issue in that I can drive traffic to it, so I'm getting eyeballs to it and people aren't adding my items to cart like I think they should and I suspect it's a copy problem. So if I've got copy that's not converting now and I want it to get it working or I want it to work better, what would you recommend as an approach? What can I do there? Well, when I do critiques and I look at people's copy, the first thing I look at is how well do you know your target prospect? We talked about this before, especially in terms of, listen to this, their experience of their own life as it relates to your product and what it can do for them. I'm going to say that again because that's key. How well do you know your prospect how well do you know them in terms of how they experience their own life as it relates to your own product? So let's say again, we'll go back to the wrinkle cream. Uh, what does the woman think when she's looking in the mirror and she sees those crow's feet um, or those little smile lines? And how does she feel when she goes to meet a friend and the friend looks her in the face and just decides not to say anything about the fact that she looks older, right? That's what you need to know. That's important. And that's uh, what, what people often miss out on. So you, you, you want to first look at that. Are you really zeroing in on what's important to them in terms of their own experience in their lives as it relates to your product, okay? Then after that, what do they want? You know, people often try and sell people stuff based on what the vendor, the marketer, the shop owner thinks they should want as opposed to what they really do want. And, you know, that's one thing you're doing a really good job with the process you described, surveys to find out what people really want. Um, so you want to look at how much does what you offer and the way you describe what you offer, how much does that overlap with what they really want? and what they are aware of that they want. You can find these things out. You, you can't just find them out with a survey monkey survey. You've really got to talk to them or got to have more in-depth questions, maybe meet with them one-on-one, -on -one, um, maybe conference call, maybe, you know, there there there's a whole 360 degree um, world of possibilities of how to find that information out. But, you know, if if you're only overlapping 30% with all of your features and all of your copy and all of your benefits, and you can even get it to 60% overlap, that will increase your copy. The ideal answer is 100%. And often when people take a good hard look at it, 
their answer is closer to zero percent. Yes, and I think if, um, when we ask people, "Oh, tell us about your customers," and they'll they'll give you a very detailed description, and then you say, "How do you know?" Well, I just know. What? Well, no, you don't. I mean, if you have no basis for this, it is a best guess, and you may have a a good best guess, but it's at never the same as had you actually done the research and develop those personas by talking to the person. That's going to give you the most information. You know, when I had my first sales training, and this was over 30 years ago, uh, 31 years ago, I think. No, yeah, 31 years ago, I I was told a story. It's probably an old story, but for someone who hasn't had a lot of background in sales, it's important. So guy goes into, let's say, work at Walmart. And he's going to work in the small home appliances department, and they send him to training, not just HR training, but product training. And so he is so proud of himself. And uh, a a stooped old woman with a cane, and you know, um, you know, looking a little gaunt, she comes in and, and she says, "I I need a heater. I need a space heater for my room." And the guy says, yes, ma'am. And he starts showing her this one, and he starts talking about the Energy Star ratings and the efficiency and, um, you know, the, the fact that you can program the heater with your smartphone. And he goes on and on and on like this. And finally, she puts her hand on his hand, looks him in the eye very sweetly, and she says, but will it keep an old lady warm? It had to relate to her. I am willing to bet that you have a head full of resources on what any marketer, you know, say Shopify merchant or Shopify partner, could use to become better at putting together copy. Because you're not going to learn it in 30 minutes from a podcast. It, is, it, it took me certainly some effort to, to figure it out. If I thought, okay, they're right, I've been approaching this all wrong, what would the next steps be for me? Well, it it did me too, and I was already a successful professional writer, and I, you know, had to put on a new pair of glasses. Had to took a while, took effort. Okay, so let me start with some free resources, and then we'll move up the ladder. Um, start with my podcast. I think it's very good. A lot of other people think it's good. Um, your your buddy who recommended me thinks it's good. It's called Copywriters Podcast. Um, Copy, the Copywriters Podcast, copywriterspodcast.com. It's also available on iTunes. Uh, there's another co- copywriting podcast I'd really like to recommend. I don't have any affiliation with them except they interviewed me once. And they interviewed one of my clients once. And I learned more from their interview with my client than I have with, I don't know, tens of hours of, of consulting with them. Uh, it's the Copywriter Club. And um, if you just go... If you go to copywriterclub.com, they have all of their podcasts there. My podcast is a little more nuts and bolts. It's instructional. Um, theirs has a lot of good information in there. It's it's um, a little more wide-ranging. So those are two podcasts I'd recommend. Um, there are others that are good. I think those are the best resources for most people. Books. Um, Scientific Advertising by Claude Hopkins. He worked just down the street from you on on North Michigan Avenue um, in Chicago, about uh, 
20 years ago, 100 years ago. Um, This this book is the Bible of copywriting. It's not easy. It's not the most difficult either. And it it might be annoying to read. It's in sort of old-fashioned language. But it's incredibly valuable. I've read it over 15 times myself. Um, It's free. It's in the public domain if you know where to look or know how to find those things. If you're going to buy a print copy, which costs you about 12 bucks, I'd recommend to go to Amazon and get the one that says Advertising Age Classics, and it has the white cover with the thin red horizontal lines on the cover. Okay, that's, that's, a, that's a great book. Uh, another great book is A Technique for Producing Ideas. Coincidentally enough, also by a Chicago ad man, James Webb Young. And he's, he was a copywriter. He worked for an ad agency. And um, an ad sales guy said, could you teach my ad sales uh, reps how to write ads? And of course, no one can teach anyone how to write ads in, in a you know, one-hour talk. But he put the talk together anyway. It's a brilliant talk on, on how to generate unique, practical, profitable copy ideas. And you can use it for other forms of creativity too. You can use it for new product creation. You can use it for marketing strategy. It's called A Technique for Producing Ideas by James Webb Young. And then I'll recommend uh, my book, Breakthrough Copywriting. You recommended it too. I appreciate that. It was a $5,000 seminar that I gave in Las Vegas a few years ago. And oh, jeez. I'd sold out as many CDs and digital versions of the material as I was going to sell. So I thought, might as well make this available to the rest of the world for a song. Well, the song is 12 bucks. It's not free, but um, it's not very expensive. There's, there's a lot of good stuff in there. That's why people like it. And it covers basics. It covers advanced topics. Now, do you want me to tell you about some training resources too? Yeah, yeah. You may as well. Why not? Sure. As long as we're here. If you really want to get into it, um, my friend Kevin Rogers has a great program called Copy Chief at copychief.com. The problem with that is there's a waiting list and he only opens it at certain times of the year, but it's well worth checking out. He likes business owners as well as aspiring freelance copywriters. It's an interactive community. Uh, I I love what he's doing. I can't imagine the hours it takes him, but uh, boy, for the customers, it's great. Second thing, my friends John Carlton and Stan Dahl have an interactive course called Simple Writing System at simplewritingsystem.com where you work with a coach who's experienced and a successful copywriter. Now, to be honest, this one requires a lot of time and a lot of effort, and it's totally worth it if you want some structure and guidance in improving your copy. And this is really for advanced marketers only with profitable businesses. I offer critiques of copy. Uh, my fee does not make it worth it to a beginner. Okay, be just blunt about that. But um, I've helped people double their conversions on existing promotions with this by getting into the nitty-gritty details. And so you can find out about that on GarfinkelCoaching.com under services and copy critiques. So those are three options for training. Very good. David, uh, let's wrap it up there. Thank you. Uh, and lastly, last question, where could people go to learn more about you? Yeah, same same website. I've got tons of content there, garfinkelcoaching.com. And um, you can, David Garfinkel, copywriting coach on Facebook is my public page. And, you know, every episode of the podcast is, is listed in the feed there. Um, and, you know, some a lot of articles too on copy. So you, you can find out more about my content there. I think those are the two places. Cool. 
Okay. Uh, we will check it out. And David, again, thank you. Appreciate your time. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Before we go, I wanted to tell you about our friends at Zapiet who helped make this episode possible. Have you ever wanted to offer local pickup in your store? Or how about scheduled local deliveries? Zapiet's easy-to-use app helps thousands of merchants do just that, offer store pickup and delivery to their Shopify customers right in their store. They've just launched a massive update that adds a ton of new features. To learn more about it and start your 14-day free trial and get 10% off if you stick with it, head to zapiet.com slash podcast. That's Z-A-P-I-E-T dot com slash podcast. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.